Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. And on today's episode, we have Jenny Lee and Pam Yip, co-founders of Bubble Tea Club. If you want to know the mindset about how to get a business up in a, in a modern digital world, these, these girls are the example of how to do that. What they've been able to build with uh, their team there and all the cool things that they're doing, how to go viral, equity crowdfunding through virtual, uh, getting it from idea to execution just like that. Like A this, week, a week from idea to execution. Well, this episode's for the, all those out there interested in starting their own thing. If you're not inspired after this, I don't know what will make you inspired. Enjoy. Ready to go, Jenny, Pam, thank you so much for jumping on and having a chat. For those listening at home, first of all, who are you and what do you do? Hey, um, guys. Thanks so much for having us. <laughs> my name's Pam. And I'm Jenny. So my background is uh, I'm an optometrist. Um, so I started the business with Pam during the pandemic um, when our jobs were lost. So Pam lost her hospitality clients overnight. And I, my store was just closed for about eight weeks. Um, and we didn't even know whether we were coming back. Like my boss did, never said, um, didn't really inform us what was going on. Um, so we kind of just took the urgency to start something. And then here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, we what, so what month like was this? April last year. Shit. And where did the idea come from, the Bubble Tea Club? Do, do you girls are just like, we've got this shit, let's just do it? Or was it like, <laughs> let's think of some ideas and brainstorm what we want to do and, and, and start, start our own business? How did it, how did it work? Yeah, we pretty much, yeah, we pretty much were like churning out ideas every single yeah. week. So I think people think that we like landed on just this one concept. But between Jenny and I and her business and our other business partners, we were churning out ideas almost every single week. Uh, and how Jenny and I connected, or like our other business partners, was actually through um, We're Open Now, because I work with hospitality clients, and her partner uh, had a chain poked uh, in Melbourne, uh, and he had to stood down like 80, 80 of his employees. So one of the things that we did, with along with Justin and Tim as well, uh, was We're Open Now. So that was a concept of an online platform where you could um, type in your postcode and see who was still open for takeaway. It wasn't that clear at that time. That was one of the ideas and that was how we connected. But also on social media, uh, I saw online as well that people were auctioning bubble tea for three to $5,000 as a joke, <laughs> like as a meme. Uh, because in Singapore and overseas, you couldn't get takeaway at all. So that means you couldn't get bubble tea as well. So I was like, that's pretty crazy. Imagine if you wanted a coffee or a tea and the only way you could get it was from a shop and to pay someone about $7 and another $5 to get it delivered to your house. So I was like, oh, Jenny, what if we could actually just make bubble tea at home really easily, conveniently, and you have all the ingredients. They pretty much like rocked up to my house <laughs> the very next day with all the ingredients. Um, and I shot everything from my living room. Uh, Tim, who's 16, along with Yi, but the website, and we pretty much launched uh, in four days. And we went viral on the first day we launched. Yeah. Viral on the first day, Lord. Oh, you must be like, this shit's easy. Or we should have started this years ago, huh? How good is doing business? Oh, that's a good, how did, it, how did it happen? How'd you go viral? What was it, a certain video or? Yeah, I think, so I work in, I work in social media, so I've been big on content creation, but I think it's like bubble tea is just a, like a phenomenon all around the world in general. And then when someone saw that you can make a bubble tea at home, people just went insane. It was also like, it was also like when you, I don't know if you saw like um, the trends of people like making their own banana bread. People were just curious. So we entered at a really good timing. Uh, it gave us a really good opportunity because because they're at home, they gave us a chance to try and learn about uh, bubble tea. And the awesome thing is that we've continued to sustain it um, even out of lockdown as well. So it's a timing yeah. thing. Mm. Yeah. 
but even then like without the concept has never been done before so if you were trying to make a bubble tea at home you would have to source different ingredients from different places and you don't even know if um, the ingredients work well together and if it tastes great together so um, what we did was we sourced from different so many different factories we tried different combinations um, made them side by side and then tasted which one was the best um, and then that's how we made it into a kit and we're still constantly trying um new flavors and new factories as well just to make sure that we keep on top of having the best bubble tea because i have because it originated in taiwan um that's where the motherland of bubble tea is and so the best stuff comes from there and um the stuff that you try in i don't know if you guys have tried bubble tea before um but the the bubble tea here is great like for first time drinkers if you've never tried it before you're like oh this is delicious like you get jellies um with with your favorite drink yeah what um, is it though for the people who like people listening yeah. or like who might not have ever heard yeah. of bubble tea like what is bubble tea yeah so it's like a milk tea or a fruit tea um so and you have it's typically drunk with something called boba which is like tapioca pearls down the bottom um and uh, i said on tv by accident i was like oh it's like having you know your favorite drink but you got stuff in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> and I almost said balls and I was like, okay. <laughs> you got balls in your mouth. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but it's actually just, just a delicious drink. But I think with with having the so many bubble tea in Australia, like when we were young, there was only one shop in Footscray called Bubble Cup. And then fast forward like a decade later, two decades later, it's just a you see it in every single shop you see it in like every corner so um it's just becoming widely um fanatical and in taiwan like some of my friends like oh you know why is gongcha or like cha cha time your favorite drinks and um why is it so popular in australia and he was and they were saying like that's our last go-to chain in taiwan because the competition for bubble tea there is so big um and so yeah it's just everyone is like a bubble tea connoisseur and <laughs> um, i think there's a lot of growth in terms of the premium and the taste in melbourne and australia yeah i don't know about like for us like april last year was it like the pit melbourne going into lockdown the peak of just drama you know <laughs> for what, what's going on and you've you guys have gone from a point of going all right let's launch a business what were some of the challenges like finding or sourcing ingredients in the middle of the pandemic i can imagine that would be issues with supply chains and trying to get stuff and were there some dramas like that oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're actually looking for uh initially jenny was like looking for like um a different type of pouch but then when she went to the supplier they're saying it was all sold out because they're being used for hand sanitizers <laughs> uh, yeah. um, but the really lucky thing I guess for us is that we launched on social media and if you actually look back in our first videos the ones I filmed in my living room there's no packaging there's no branding and there's we did not develop an actual like form yet like the box that Jenny has behind her is our shipping box that came like a couple months down the track mm -hmm. I think like for a business and what concept we were testing is that we launched like very minimal viable products so we always constantly test concepts and then once it launched, it was then, okay, like Jenny was frantic going around searching for packaging. I was printing labels from like office works and became best friends with my homie there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we just like kind of like learned on the way and, and we continually have to do that at the moment. Yeah. 
Simul the same. He was only 15 years old at, at that time, right? But he was going to office works in his school uniform, looking cute. And <laughs> all the office um, works people just absolutely loved him. <laughs> this is, um, is this your brother? Is that right? Yeah, my little brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And he, he's been, what's his role in, in this? Um, so he started to learn tech. Um, so prior to this, we were doing like we are open now. And then also um, we had a puzzle business because Dan Andrew said it was essential to have puzzles at home during lockdown. And so like, okay, let's just do that. And he was actually just creating the websites for um, those, um, you know, those past projects. But now he, um, and then for Bubble Tea, he started learning more about um, coding. He started reading coding books. Um, and he just created the website on uh, with um, one of our other co-founders, Ye, as well. Um, and now he's just become our CTO, basically. <laughs> How good is that? CTO at 16. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, part he's... of a Startmate program. You know, our, our Blackbird Startmate? Yeah. Yeah, he's part of that program too now. <laughs> what were you doing at fucking 16? Not much. Oh, <laughs> mate. The only code I was doing was the MySpace behind the feed, huh? Remember when you could change all that shit? No. They were not savvy, man. You put music on the background on your best friends. <laughs> 100%. I used to change the top friends all the time. Tell us about the um, importance of content then. Like you said, like went viral. How important was that for your business, especially early doors? Yeah, I think for us, because you've never had like, or like DIY bubble tea was never really introduced before. In my head, it was creating content that would educate, make it seem really easy, but also make it really cool and fun to do, which is why I was actually very particular of choosing a back, uh, background. Um, and also, I was actually very like particular of the glass that I used. <laughs> and no one's been able to, like, and I think a lot of people have been trying to like replicate our content, but it's the detail that we actually look. Like, my team knows this as well. I'm like, the straw needs to face this way. Like, the positioning of like the product needs to be uh, here and I honestly think that's a formula to actually getting content right. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the background <laughs> of Pam's. <laughs> like my placements. <laughs> right placements, spot on. Well, how important okay. is that? I think people don't really realize that like the smaller details actually are the ones that like stand out the most. So what was it through testing other things? Like you said, you had other things sort of cooking beforehand. You were doing puzzles, like the brain was ticking. How, how many MVPs of different things have you done before you started this? Yeah. Uh, so I... So, because I was just like an optom, um, my only main experience with turning things around was the the puzzle business. Um, so, but when Pan mentioned the bubble tea idea, we kind of we had we had ordered all these puzzles, but then we just let it go straight away. We're really good at turning things around very quickly um, internally. So when we see an urgency for it, we're like, okay, scrap that. We've put in that f like so much effort to do the puzzle thing, but not nah, this is like where we're going now and we just changed direction. And I think that's really important um, to for a business as well because you you may have the wrong ideas at the start and you've put in all this effort, but it's very important to know that, okay, your efforts, um, you know, led to one another and now you've just got to scrap it and go from A to B. Um, and that's why our team's able to turn things around internally so quickly. I love that. We talk about a lot, like, don't be too attached to different ideas. If the concept doesn't work, don't be like, all right, my heart and soul's in this thing. I, if it doesn't work, that's it. We have to go all in. But I want to talk about, like, you going going viral, the experience of going viral, being in the news everywhere, like faces plastered, like, all over all over different um, websites and media publications. Was that weird? Uh, we didn't. Like, we were so busy, we didn't think about it. Like, we literally would just have people messaging 
like on LinkedIn and thing, you'd be like, oh, are you available at this time at 10 a.m.? And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so we actually have like, our team is really strong as well. Like we have a really amazing uh, uh, PR person as well. And he was like, like he was just like hyping us up, if anything. Like if you actually, like they were, he was telling us even like, um, like you guys need to have more colorful clothes, like get all of like, these products ready. And we have a really solid team. I think between Jenny and I, like during his whole media coverage, the biggest thing for us to juggle was running a business and still having all of that around us because we didn't want to be detracted from the day-to-day of the business. And like even just like replying to a Facebook comment, it got a lot for uh, Jenny and I. So I think we should actually be mentioning our team that's behind the scene, actually like setting all this stuff up. Like this is for a pitch night that we had 24 hour notice for. And it was actually like, I was like to my team, like, I don't know if we can do this. <laughs> and then like our team actually was like, we can do this. We're gonna like, we're gonna pack all this up together. She went with me with less than 24 hour notice. We pitched on a night, which is how we found our advisor. Um, so in terms of like how we do it and having all of that coverage, I think it's really like a lot of people behind us supporting us. Um, to, and hyping us up, getting us excited about the media coverage because we're so busy running the business that we forget to celebrate um, the successes that we do have. Surely friends and family are sending you little screenshots going, how cool is this? Oh, there'd be a few, <laughs> yeah, there'd be a few clippings on the fridge, surely, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. My dad uh, went to uh, Coles and bought like three, three of the Herald Suns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like frame it up. <laughs> yeah. They cut the they cut the pieces out of from the newspaper. I was like, keep this forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, tell us about your team. Like before we click record, like you were saying, like you can send, you can ping messages at like midnight and you get a response. Like, how? What? What about the importance of getting the right people on board and and bringing the right people in? Like, where? When did it start? How early did you like hire your first couple of people? And how many do you have now? Yeah, I think operations was uh, really awesome because a lot of the team actually came from. Um, like, like, like when I was mentioning before, like Justin's shop, he had to stood down some of the workers. It was awesome because Bubble Tea allowed a new workplace for them to work at. And my marketing agency, my marketing team, actually, all three of them come from Visionary, my marketing uh, agency, when we lost hospitality clients. So we're lucky in the sense that we were surrounded by people that have been supporting us for the last few years. Um, and then when this opportunity arised, we were like, okay, yep, let's bring you guys on board. Like, you know our style, you know how we work. This is how we were able to move really quickly. Yeah, we were so lucky at the start. Like Pam said, we were viral from day one. And because we actually turned the business um, from inception to when we actually launched was about only four days. So it enabled for us to find packaging in that time. And then, um, you know, we didn't have, we didn't even know where we were going to do the business and where are we going to send it out. We didn't have couriers. We didn't have anything really. We just had all the, um, you know, money coming into a bank account. We're like, oh my God, like, what are we doing? <laughs> so we ended up just going, um, you know, to one of Justin's shop and um, started packing out from from there, really. And our friends saw that we were just falling behind on orders because we were just getting flooded with hundreds and hundreds of orders, and we were just we just didn't know what we were doing. Um, so they came and helped at the start, and we're so grateful for them. I think like we had a couple of our friends come in and worked for free. Like one of my friends works six days and her seventh day was literally coming in and just helping us pack so we're just very lucky to be surrounded by um such great friends and family as well do do you think it helps too when like you're getting them early wins as well and people around you can see that like things are going well like 
let's all help out and like we're all on a sort of winner here like i can see like why i'd want to join up and stuff like so i think like that's an important lesson like getting the pr and and, and getting the stories and all that sort of stuff out there i think does help getting the right people and the, the enthusiasm up hey yeah for sure um back to your question we like at the start we only had like besides us five um and a couple of people who were helping us around now we have a team of about 16 or 17 um internally and that doesn't include subcontractors as well (laughs) how crazy what have been some of the biggest challenges so like scaling out the business growing at this sort of pace like what are some of the things that have been like the big problems you've had to overcome or have you ever experienced some of those things yet? Yeah, it sounds, sounds like, like you're under winner. Something's huh? yeah. <laughs> like going well. <laughs> no, no. I think if anything, every day we have challenges, and yeah. I think the biggest thing is that when you're, uh, when your business is growing, like individually, it was really challenging us. It was like good growth pains and good problems in the sense of like, like this workload is getting insane. Um, like how can we get more people on board to help us? There's so many things we want to do. So many opportunities coming up. How do we do it? <laughs> um, and then there's also like having uh, five co-founders. It's also everyone being on the same, having the same mindset and working towards the same goal. Because when we're all like, the awesome thing is that we've all been able to look after separate departments, um, but then getting ourselves like with each other more often. Like we work on the business together, but we're never together a lot to work at the same time. Um, so it's just recognizing that and then learning to really just uh, seek a lot of advice from people that have done really well in this space um, as well. And like Jenny spoke to uh, Sarah, which I saw she was on your podcast as well. Like Jenny loves Sarah. (laughs) Sarah Sarah Davidson. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. She is such a humble person. I remember meeting her because we actually used her matcha for one of Justin's past business. Um, I don't know if you've heard of scroll ice cream, like that ice cream that you roll around and um, it's, it's based in Chadston. Um, he started that when he was about 21 years old and then sold that. But he actually knew Sarah's matcher and that's how we got to get that connection. Um, and then, but just reading through her stories, I just became a huge fan of her, like absolutely love her. And then I managed to get some advice from her pro- last month. Um, and yeah, she's an angel. <laughs> oh, 100%. How cool is she? Yeah, well, I was always playing in, playing in the sort of, not the similar space, but like in the matcha sort of space. She'd have some uh, good tips and tricks, I suppose. And how mm. important is it, like you were saying, to get these people around you who sort of been there, done that, have experienced some of the challenges that you girls are going through at the moment and, and getting that advice? Like, do you reckon that's just pivotal? Yeah, no. it totally is. But then also confirms like what we're doing is right. Like one of the main advices like Sarah was giving us is that what if like just wing it most of the time is actually just winging it because we we realize now that that the business plans that we come up with or ideas that we have just pivots and changes all the time depending on what our customer needs and wants are. So we're pretty glad that we didn't sit down and write like uh, take it like 100 hours and just write down like a business plan um like line by line and take it very um take that part too seriously um so like we said we're we're turning turning things so quickly internally um but yeah things just change all the time (laughs) what about the focus on the customer then like is that something that you had to learn or you you sort of knew that from the start like that everything's about the customer what they want their experience and, and getting that feedback too 
Yeah, yeah. No, we, we thought like most of our demographic was going to be Asians, but it's actually most of them are Caucasians and those who have never tried bubble tea before. So we're constantly getting customers feedback um, and we have an active Facebook page as well. Um, so whenever they want, um, we're like the first to know if they have a complaint or if they have any suggestions for our business. Like someone said that what they wanted paper straws like how could you do this to the environment and then so we changed the plastic straws to um, paper straws the very next day and um, they asked us to change couriers so we're looking into changing new couriers um, so yeah we make sure that we listen to our customers and Pam sent out so many different surveys to our customers now just to make sure that we've done our research and get the right information to, so that we know what our end product should look like. Yeah, it's pretty cool having that, like you, you've built that community on the Facebook page, but you're also like, they all seem very engaged, happy to share feedback, share content. Like it's a cool little community that you've sort of started to build. Yeah, it's pretty insane to think. Like I think um, like talking about Jenny was saying about the business plan, like when we launch our products, we actually let a lot of our customers guide where it goes. So in terms of like flavor development, what's the next product range, it was really just listening to them. And I think that just comes a lot from like a, uh, from like a marketing mindset as well. Like it's always actually just developing content ideas and products that's relevant to the customer. Because at the end of the day, there's the one that's using it more than we are. Like these guys are like receiving our products. Um, they know what happens with the couriers. They know what happens on the website. They know what happens when they're making the products. They're actually using it day in and day out. And so it actually makes sense to listen to feedback about the product from them and to improve it from what they're saying. Has there been any flavors that you've introduced that straight up from customer feedback or any that you're like, oh, no, we're definitely not going to put that in? <laughs> okay, so we've tried like internally durian before. <laughs> oh, man. What was <laughs> that? Also, uh, durian. Have you had durian before? What is, what's so. that? Oh, man. Do you love durian? <laughs> it is called the king of fruits, but it has this really bad smell. But it's actually known for its bad smell. But when you eat it, it's meant to be very delicious. But if you try it in Australia, it's not going to be good. Let me. And then if you don't try it fresh, you got to go to Malaysia and try it. It's the best. But anyway, um, it, we tried it in a powder form and it tasted like ass. Like it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, like, it's like coriander where you like you either love it or you hate it. Yeah, yeah, true. What's well, yeah. they say about coriander? Someone says like if you some people actually have like a scientific thing that tastes like soap. Yeah, yeah like like uh, yeah, toothpaste. Yeah. Really? What's yeah. your favorite flavor? What's the one that you were like, oh fuck, this is gonna sell it. Like, people are gonna love this. I really love uh Taro's like our, it's been the best seller since like for decades. Um, like even before like in shops. Like if you go yeah. to your bubble tea shops, Taro's always sitting up there. Origins always gonna sit up there. Brown sugar as well. One that we didn't expect to do really well was our pineapple. Uh. Yeah, bogans love pineapple. I'm telling you, <laughs> we love pineapple. Don't we? <laughs> give the give the bogan Caucasians some oh, pineapple and we can have mango pineapple fucking strawberry express. You know, are they healthy? Yeah, strawberry is really popular as well. Yeah, are they, are, are they healthy? Sorry, are they healthy? Like, can I like should I can I drink them all day every day? Like, or is that good or bad? So you can control. You can control. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think the one thing that people don't realize is that there's like three different elements to making a drink, right? So for the fruit teas, for example, is using a tea bag. So tea is just tea. There's actually no sugars in that. Um, the sugar comes from our fruit syrups. Um, and then when you go to a shop, they also ask you, would you like like 0% to 100% sugar? 
And so for the first time, customers are actually able at home to control that sugar level to exactly how you like. And you actually know what the calories and what the sugar levels are, which is all on the back of like our nutritional uh, panels as well. So the, the ability to control and know what you're consuming is also a very big thing for us. Like, yes, it's awesome to make bubble tea at home, but the idea that you now know what's going into your drink is also like a, like, yeah, we have a lot of those questions as well coming through to us. It's not going to be a healthy uh, drink. Like, you're not going to say like Coke is a healthy drink. <laughs> like, you it's a treat. It up to 100%, wouldn't you? I'll be telling you, I love sugar. So <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to be on the bubble tea flat stick. How many do you have a day? You're still smashing them out while you're packing orders? You'd be, you'd be loving it, wouldn't you? <laughs> Well, I have a, we have the cup all the time. Can I just say that we okay? I'm kind of, oh my god! These are different things. Yeah, we drink a lot of like yeah. You can like bubble tea. What makes a bubble tea is really the bubbles. So you can actually have coffee and then have like the tapioca inside, and it becomes a bubble tea. You have coffee with the balls. <laughs> coffee with balls in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna wake you up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're, we're, we're lucky enough earlier in the uh, earlier last year to have uh, Alan Crab from Birchall on on the pod, and we had recently had Pete Saglinski from Seabin, who's gone through uh, equity crowdfunding on the, on the platform as well. And it, you, you're going down that pathway. Like, you want to explain why and how you ended up there? Yeah. yeah. When we first like navigated the space, like in the beginning, one of the biggest like one of the biggest reasons, the first question was why do we need funding? Because we're very lucky in the sense that. Uh, we have been cash flow positive and at the rate we are, we will continue to grow within Australia. Um, but for us, the reason to go with funding was to be first to market internationally and to scale at the rate that we want to. Um, then the decision second came from, like, I had no idea about venture capitals. Like, I was like, what's happening? <laughs> it just sounded like really cool. Like, I was like, oh, I hear from a lot of people that you go through like VCs and stuff. But then it was a lot of conversations and a lot of learning about like what it actually involves. And then at the end of the day, we had to like really come back to what our core values and visions were. Um, and community is really big for us. Um, it's one of our core values. And so venture capital doesn't actually really align with that. We were lucky that we got a term sheet um, from it, but equity crowdfunding actually allowed us to um, onboard our existing customers who were also asking if they can invest into the business. So I was like, it makes a lot of sense for us to go down this route um, and just get advisors on board um, to support the growth. Yeah, this is one of the, the prime examples of like us being able to turn things internally very quickly. We went, we spent like a couple of weeks talking to back and forth with the VCs. Um, and then as soon as we learned more about crowdsourced funding and why it was actually a very good opportunity for us. It was like, okay, scrap that. Let's do this. And we went from A to B again. <laughs> yeah. Like we actually just onboarded our advisor. So it was a pitch night uh, that we met KJ from Delisu. Um, but he gave really good advice because I was really, like, I really didn't know, like, it's venture capital. Like, why is there such a big hype around venture capitals? And what's the hype around crowdfunding? And because it's a really big decision for the business, um, it felt a lot harder to just click, click go on one because it would like be life changing. <laughs> yeah. It's me being dramatic. Uh, but he gave really good advice. KJ was like, venture capital is really good for technology. Um, but the thing about our industry, e-commerce and food and beverage is that we have like guns in this industry so have done it for decades. So you're not really inventing or like innovating like a supply chain process. Um, if anything, it's getting experts on the ground and having that experience on board them and uh, start implementing those processes right away. 
Well, what were your expectations going on with Birchall? I'm looking at it now and it's saying you've got uh, 1,119 investors. You've raised 1.471 mil, like crazy. <laughs> That's nuts. Like what was the expectation going into this? Did you think you click thing and you get a, like, yeah, what were you set what, a target? What yeah. was the target? Well, actually our target initially was one mil. So we've gone past that now. Um, yeah, it's absolutely crazy because we, um, I guess it's really also hard to forecast like how much money you actually need to do international without ever doing international. Um, so I, we felt like it would actually give us more of a runway if we did bring it up to two mil. Some people are actually saying maybe two mil isn't enough. So it's like, how do we deploy the money? And the main thing that we actually want to do at the moment is be able to find talent and get the right people on board. Um, for example, like getting someone who's a gun at, at e-commerce who, uh, sorry, e-commerce, like an e-commerce manager who would be able to look at our conversions all day long and without us, without us, because like right now, like Pam's doing 10 different jobs at the same time. <laughs> like we were all doing 10 different jobs at the same time and like picking up on, on small things. Like for example, if we have like a customer complaint, it's we're the first ones to solve that immediately because that's our number one um, focus. Um, yeah. So Crowdsource funding allowed us like a new opportunity for us to scale just a lot faster than we um, intended. So um, it's pushing the team really, really hard as well because we've. It's only been a year, so there's where we've learned that we're going to make so many different mistakes in the first year. But if we're going to scale it in international, it's all about all the things that we've learned. Um, it's really hard to know whether we are ready or yet, but we do think like in the next couple of months with like KJ's help and all the advisors that we have on board that will be able to scale very quickly. So what's the game plan then? Where, where, where to first? Where, what, what countries are we expecting to see Bubble Tea Club hit soon? Yeah, we went to, we actually <laughs> soft launched into like uh, New Zealand, US, Canada. Um, and we did that intentionally to test the market. Um, and because we saw that there was a demand there, it was actually easier for us to acquire customers within US um, and Canada that, that we then proceeded to do the raise um, with the intention of going internationally because we were able to see there's a demand for it. We now just need to be able to send products over. Uh, but to send products over, there's like a lot of supply chain um, optimization, like reworking our warehouse, like a lot of the internal stuff that people don't see. Like, like on virtual, we have a lot of people saying like, oh, you worry about your competitors and people try to replicate like what the packaging looks like, but there's just so much more to a uh, company for it to be successful. And it's natural that we're going to have competitors, but our team is like super ambitious. Like we're crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we have like really strong uh, networks and support around us. And we really care about brand. Like, like my phone has like the sticker everywhere. Like our backgrounds are just our brand. <laughs> Um, and Jenny and I, like, like I said, like we're doing all of this, like raising um, and media and like raising, like it sounds crazy, 1.5 million, but like, okay, let's like, but let's not be like detracted from like the day-to-day -day stuff about the actual customer. And I think uh, something small like that is what will help us uh, do really well and like sustain our growth. Keeping that level head. Um, tell us about what, 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 how do you soft launch into new markets? Like what, what's the plan? Like, do you just do a couple of you run a few Facebook ads and ship out? Like how does how do you soft launch and test new markets? Yeah, so I think it's interesting because America was, there's a benefit of America because I lived there for a while and my relatives are there. So I was able to just to chat to them of like what flavors are really popular. Um, but it's also just um, like we knew our content did well. Like when we actually launched, 
our content was already reaching people in America and US because of the virality um, of it as well. But yes, it was like, I, can, I think that's a really awesome thing about like running e-commerce now is that you can soft launch simply by just launching your ads. But there's also a lot of the backend um, in terms like getting your website ready in terms of like currency, which is what Tim did. And then you would have to look after all of our shipping and getting the international shipping ready. So from my perspective, from like marketing, yes, it's like soft launching our ads and creatives and changing the copy to suit that culture. Um, but then it's also like on the back end, it's like when they flow onto the website, when they actually transact and when they actually have their order shipped, that's also our internal team that has to fulfill that as well. Well, tell us about like changing the copy and the brand language and stuff and trying to stick to what you guys do, like how you guys like uh, communicate and stuff. How do you tweak that stuff? Is it like learning different lingo, like directing ads to a certain region and talking directly to people? Is that how you do it? Yeah, I think if anything, it's not actually being so niche and so targeted in the beginning because you don't know who is actually going to respond. So I actually kept it quite open in Australia, uh, in America. And then it's actually just monitoring because I like Facebook will optimize to tell you like uh, which uh, age groups, uh, which locations are doing really well. And then when you have the info, you can then like target down uh, on those. But like in America, they call it boba instead of bubble tea. Mm. Um, they don't call it lychee, they call it lychee. <laughs> Um, even the flavors are well, like Starbucks does really well over in America, but not so here. And then the reason for that is a lot more curious in terms of like flavors. Um, so they're willing to like weird combinations, but over here in Australia, they're more about like small businesses and supporting high quality flavors. Like we're very picky with our food, but in America, they're all about innovation because it's so competitive, uh, over there. I remember like launching our, even like we did like a Chinese new year campaign. Um, and like in Australia, we can just call it the year of the cow. Um, but in America, they call it the ox. And they got so offended when I said it was the year of the cow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> What's a cow? You know? <laughs> there was like a whole debate in like the comment section. Like, Are you guys even Asian? You don't even know. Like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. But it's just changing the like, copy. And it literally is just like monitoring. Like, I'm not going to know that unless I actually launched. But if I spend decades like, trying to research the market and like what's the best way to call the cow it's just going to take forever to launch like just launch it and then just like just change it really quickly yeah what about working with friends and family like yeah. we've had heaps of different people on the pod and i don't know like you go back to different i don't know what are the rules about don't work with friends and family like dramas can happen all this sort of stuff but everyone we seem to talk to and like our own experience like it's the best thing ever because imagine not being friends and just work, going to work, starting something and you don't really get along with the person. How important is it to have that fucking synergy early, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Pam and I have never been, we've never worked together, but I feel like Pam's very easy to work with. <laughs> oh, she, says, oh, she, <laughs> she says that now because you're on the screen. But wait till you, wait till you jump off the call. She's like, sign me a new business appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, watching Justin, like just my partner, Justin, who's also a part of the business. Um, he's done business for some, um, probably about a decade now. And he's actually always done it with friends and family. Um, so especially like his best friends, like his closest businesses are all his like best friends now. Like, and that's who his groomsman was as well. Um, and I feel like it actually does make the team um, more stronger as well and actually helps you bond. Um, so, and like, I'm doing business where like my part, like my partner is in it. And then there's also Tim, who's like my little brother-in-law <laughs> and then Pam, who's like my friend. <laughs> so I feel like in the middle of it, I feel like it's actually a great because 
when I wasn't doing business, I didn't even know any of like the terminologies um, and lingo for business. It's like a whole new language, right? Like you don't know what Shopify is or Asana is or Klaviyo and all these different platforms that they used to talk about. But now like I feel like um, my partner and I have even more to talk and talk about because we're able to understand, um, you know, the business world and actually be able to be more level-headed as opposed to when I was just doing optometry. It's like I'm trying to explain to him, you know, what cataract is. <laughs> um, but it's very different. But now it's like a lot more synergy and we, we, we do love it. So yeah. I guess you're not going back to optometry anytime soon. Is that fair to say? <laughs> I, I do love optometry, but I think, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'll be going back if, um, unless I fail, but I'm <laughs> 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 back up. Touch wood, touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> we could have a bubble tea shop and you could have the buddy optometry. Get your eyes checked while you're, while you're stuck on some bubble tea. There you go. <laughs> every eye check with every... Uh... Yeah, and you can read the discount, you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good. It gets smaller and smaller discount. What, what oh. sort of brands uh, do you guys look up to? Like, what what sort of content do you do you both consume? Um, whether, like, who do you learn from? Do you watch YouTube, books, TikToks? Um, I don't know. Like, give us the spiel about where all the knowledge that you you've come. I don't know. What are the? How am I trying to say? Uh, I don't know, mate. What content do you consume? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got there eventually. <laughs> I watch a, I watch a, I have a lot of books on like entrepreneurship as a little, but then it's, it's getting to a point where I'm not like catching up with the, with the reading, but I'm very big on YouTube and I love like following, uh, like, and you can watch like their journey. I watch a lot of like Michelle Fon. I don't know if you know, she's from like, um, uh, she's from like the U S but there's also like entrepreneurs like in America, uh, in Korea. Uh, yeah, I just love watching YouTube because aside from talking about business, they share how they balance life. Uh, along with it as well and because they're taking you along with like vlogs and journeys you're not just only exposed to like the good parts of their business but they're exposing you to like the bad parts and like the challenges that they're going through and I feel like that's such a good way to absorb information right because if you're only constantly told about like um, how successful they are and what caused the success you're always going to wonder why am I not that successful then but then when you're like watching people that have done it before like even just like listening to podcasts and when you're asking questions about like what are your challenges and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, so I'm supposed to have that challenge in order to hit that success. But if I'm only exposed to the success, I'd have no idea that I'm on track or not. So I think YouTube has been really good. And just finding someone that has your same personality, your ambitions, your interests, it's so easy to just watch them every single day and you're naturally absorbing information without even realizing yeah, I think socials is such a great way for you to absorb information from everywhere. Like you can go on YouTube, you can go um, on Instagram, you can even go on TikTok in order to find like all these small businesses that have grown um, larger and get inspiration that you need. Um, so even like when we we're talking about Sarah, I watch her, I used to watch her videos so much like on Instagram because she's very active um, and she's been able to build such a strong brand. But I just love the way that she speaks and she's very honest as well, knowing that like keeping level headed, you know that that she has like anxiety, which is like absolutely normal, um, especially when you're doing business because you're working so hard and you know you want and it just shows like you care as well. Um, My like my inspiration, like the root of it would actually be my partner. Um, so my partner, Justin, has always been doing business for like he he I think he just kind of knew like from high school. It's like this is what I want to be and this is what I want to do. And he I think about every week I wouldn't 
hear about a new business idea. And every every time we catch with a new friend, he's like, Justin, what's your new business idea? <laughs> and everything he touches turns into gold. <laughs> um, so everything like he comes up with is like, okay, is this a good idea? Is that a bad idea? Like, I think that's one of his superpowers is that he's been able to um, talk about all these he, he's so creative, like he thinks of all these different ideas, but then is able to pinpoint which one will work. Um, and bubble tea just happens to be one of them. It's like, Pam, um, and you never know if you try as well. So it's like, Pam mentioned this idea, let's let's go run and let's just do it. Like, let, let's go buy some bubble tea the very next day. Let's try it. We were so surprised, like, this tastes so good. And then so he just <laughs> did it. And um, here we are, like, it's just never stopped since then. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people have ideas, but I think the key thing there is the next day you went out and actioned what you were thinking and then you can sort of test it. So it's not like you're, you're constantly dreaming going, I wonder if that would work. You actually go and do it, eh? It's, 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 you, you get that validation, I suppose. But what I want to touch on is content consumption versus creating content because you girls are always fucking, you're busy, busy, busy. How hard is it to then set aside time to watch watch people's journey and the vlogs and stuff? Like, Do you set time up for that each day or is it just sort of ad hoc? Yeah, for me, I think that's why choosing a channel that feels enjoyable. Like, it doesn't feel like I have to, like, dedicate a time to watch YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Like, it literally, it's just, like, one of the things I just naturally do, like, end of the day. I find it so interesting to follow journey. And you're naturally, like, on social media and Instagram. Um, and so when you're following them, they're naturally going to update you as well. It's, like, takes a split second. Um, but I will dedicate time aside because I'm really interested in marketing. So, like, I will join, like, e-commerce e conferences. Um, and I like, subscribe to like uh, blurbs on my email. Um, like James Clear does a really good one where he just gives you free dot points. And I was like, great, this is all I need <laughs> <laughs> and all that I can consume. So it's actually, if anything, kind of scheduling content to hit you at really random times because you're never going to dedicate time yourself to seek the content. But if you're um, subscribed to them, um, they're naturally going to pop up to you any time of the day. So then is that way James you're Clear, Atomic Habits, James Clear? Is that? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah uh, your book snob, yes, oh, one. Oh, I, I read that oh, book. Yeah. <laughs> I, really, I really like I'm just a big fan of that book oh, and like the whole habit yeah. stuff. I'm a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was on, we, we were on Sarah Davidson's pod a couple of weeks ago and I was talking about the habit stacking thing and you were making it up like I, I made that term up and it come from you. No. Yes. Yeah, it <laughs> no, it's not true. Hey, our partner of the show uh, is Heaps Normal, non-alcoholic beer. The question we like to ask uh, our guests on the show is, what's the thing that you turn to? You mentioned before, Jenny, like being an entrepreneur or starting your own business is stressful. It has high levels of anxiety. Like what's the thing that you do to give some energy back in your life that when you feel like you need it? Yeah, for me, I think it's just I'm um, being able to like chat to my friends and family. Um, and then at the end of the day, or like right now, like at the, actually, if we go back to the start, I didn't have a work-life balance. Like, honestly, it was just very, very bad. Like, I, we were just spending so much time on bubble tea that I neglected um, everything, including my health, um, including family, including friends. Um, so it was – and then the more – we got through the journey, you realize like how important it is, like those other factors are um, to you. And then you start to actually dedicate some time to it. So now I'm starting to get back into like a routine where um, you start to exercise more and then also dedicate time for your friends um, and also um, in your relationship as well. So Justin, and I love going on Netflix and just um, finding funny shows to watch here and there. So our, our thing is like after dinner, we'll go and watch like an episode or so and that's how we just like 
rehydrate our energies um, and just get some energy back into our life. And then um, I've also, what I'm trying at the moment, and hopefully I've cracked it, is that on the weekends, because I was working still as an optom, so it was five days bubble tea, two days optom, um, nonstop for about a couple of months. So I didn't have any breaks. But then on, but now I've actually quit optometry um, for most of it. So weekends, I want to dedicate to just re-energizing so that I have that energy for bubble tea and giving it my all. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, uh, like my family and like uh, definitely keeps me level-headed. Like as much as my dad was framing my Herald Sun feature, he's like, you still want to make time for us. <laughs> uh, so it's, I think it's really great having people that really care about you. Like my energy definitely comes a lot. Um, from like my family, my partner and my friends, like they're our biggest supporters and they constantly hype us up. Um, but also like having a really good team around us, like we work really hard together. Um, but like, yeah, like our graphic designer, like Amy, like she's my friend and she was like turning around content for us at like 12 a.m. because like, that was the offer document for virtual. Like we had a really short term like turnaround, like people were telling us that they spent like six months or three months preparing for virtual, but like for various reasons, we had to turn around within two months. Uh, and it's our whole team that gave us energy to do it. Like if it was just like, like just between the five co-founders, like we're really tired because we have a lot going on, but the people around us to hype us up and support us to do it gave us a lot of energy um, to do it. But also like when we finished it and when we can see, look back at the success of it, uh, we get to celebrate it together. So I think that's also where like working with family and friends is really cool too. Because you're like you guys are working towards something that's really that you're really passionate about, and so you guys get to connect on like when you're really low, and you get to connect together when you're really high. Uh, so a lot of our energy comes from the people around us. Oh, I'm loving that. I'm loving this chat, to be honest. Like, <laughs> what, what you girls have been able to build in the team around you sounds like you've you, you're kicking goals. What's next for the rest of the year? Obviously, go through this crowdfunding and then sort of test the new markets. Is that is that sort of the play? Yeah, that's our biggest goal at the moment is um, testing the US market um, because I think there will be a lot of unknowns thrown at us. And um, similarly with Australia, we didn't know that glass jars was going to break <laughs> and, uh, and like all these different problems that came at us. But I think um, what's really good about our team is being able to solve problems. Um, so, yeah, the biggest challenge will definitely be going into the US and learn, continue learning and doubling down on what we know that works. Yeah, so it's getting our systems and processes uh, correct so that when we do scale with those systems and processes that they're growing with us and they don't break down in the middle. So I think our foundations are something we're working on for the rest of this year. And then when we're really confident about like the optimization of our website, the supply chain um, and demand plan, then we'll be ready to like push pretty heavily to scale. Well, Pam, Jenny, thank you so much for jumping on and having a chat with us. It's been so unreal to hear your story. And we're both... So, I can, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm getting some bubble tea today. Aren't you? <laughs> I'm getting some fucking <laughs> mango. For pineapple. <laughs> oh, can't wait. Can't yeah, wait. Thank, thank you so much for letting us pick your brain. And we're excited to follow along on your journey for the rest of the year. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lovely meeting you guys. Jenny and Pam are now part of the podcast fam. I like it. <laughs> well done. Good job. Thank You've you. come up with something good for once. Hey, if you do like the pod, we drop guest pods every Monday, Thursday. Snacks pods coming at you hot Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. And this week, uh, keep in touch for a deep dive. <laughs> we don't know what it's on yet, but we'll figure something out.